0: Today's word comes from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of God.
1: <sighs> hello, hello, hello. Congratulations. It's cool. Uh, my name is Joe. Um, it's it's always good to come up. I, I think I talk to you guys like once or twice a year, and every time it's like a totally different crowd. And uh, some of you guys know me quite well. Some of you guys don't know me at all. And some of you guys just think you know me. Uh, but uh, usually, uh, this this guy comes up and just like um, you know, tells a little bit about himself and what he does. And um, I do do I work with the children for what is now the Korean Ministry and the, this Revived Church. I work with all the kids, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I thought I'd do something fun. Does anyone want to know anything about me? You have an opportunity to ask me anything you want. You can find out about me. So that way, you get to know what you want to know instead of me just telling you all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, before I was a pa- before I was here, I was at Purdue doing campus ministry, and I was uh, getting a graduate degree in technology education. I was planning on becoming a teacher and uh, working in the ministry. Before that, I was a mechanical engineer. I worked at a couple of different companies. Um, Designing junk. So, (laughs) Uh, anything else? Anyone? Any questions? Questions? This is your chance. It's fun. All right. No? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm married. My wife is over there. Her name's Esther. She's cool. Talk to her. Anyone want to know anything else? Anything else? Yeah. What is your deepest, darkest secret? Deepest, darkest (laughs) secret? Uh, I don't know, maybe it's so deep and dark, I don't even know yet. So I might need to talk to a psychiatrist about that. Psychologists, anyone in the room? I don't know, I don't, know. I don't, I don't really carry that many secrets. Anyone want know anything else? No? What do you want for Christmas? What, what? What want for Christmas? Uh, actually, what I want for Christmas is a welder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually want to make a, a belt sander. So I want a welder to weld some tubing together. <laughs> you asked. All right. Uh, right now I'm making knives. That's, that's my <laughs> hobby. If any of you are interested in making knives or want to learn how, just uh, come talk to me. We can do it together. It's, it's, quite, it's quite fun. Okay, I think that's good. You can talk to me more later after service. Uh, But uh, why don't we pray one more time, and uh, we'll get right into this. All right, we'll pray. Wasn't that fun? I thought it'd be fun. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much uh, for this evening and uh, for what you're doing and what you've done and how you're changing us. Uh, You are constantly working in this world, and you're speaking through your truth, uh, which is the Word of God. And uh, we pray that you speak to us again today, and uh, we just uh, pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, And uh, as uh, Pastor Susung was saying, uh, we're going through an Advent series. And basically what that means, if you don't know all the Christian lingo, is uh, we're, we're talking about Christmas. Okay, And uh, um, as a children's pastor, I know very well that uh, we do Christmas stories really good. We're like, you know, we're spot on. And uh, what I found is that uh, we're so good at childrenizing these Christmas stories uh, that whatever your conception of, like, the birth of Jesus and how that all happened, and like the children's version, like sticks with you forever. Okay, so uh, sometimes we gotta like break that down and uh, you know uh, rebuild that up and. And uh, look at it a little bit differently and reevaluate these stories as adults, because there's a lot more going on than just, you know, little baby Jesus being born in a manger, right, and, like, cows and pigs and, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot more going on to these stories. There's a lot more intricate. There's a lot more drama. There's a lot of people being killed, a lot of people dying, right, a lot of people being chased after, trying to get, you know, people trying to murder other people, right, and this is the real Christmas story, okay, um... So glad the children are gone now, so we can uh, uh, tell it like it is. Okay, so um, as we go into these stories, uh, try to uh, take off whatever preconceptions you have, and uh, let's look at these stories uh, from a, uh, maybe a little bit more honestly. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to dive right into it and look at verse uh, 26, and let me read it for you again. It said, in the sixth month, sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee uh, named Nazareth. Okay, and uh, when you read this, uh, the very beginning, the sixth month, okay, and we're jumping in in the middle of a chapter, so we're jumping in the middle of a story, so when you read the sixth month, really what you have to do for homework this week is read the read the verses before this, read the entire chapter before this, because what the sixth month is actually saying is it's alluding, it's connecting the story before, because uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened just before, and six months later... Okay, we're finding out these things. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, but basically it's connecting us to the story where basically the same thing happened to another guy uh, named Zechariah. And Zechariah was his priest. He was a professional holy man. Okay? And, and this is actually a really interesting parallel or, uh, um, I guess, a comparison between two different stories of two different people going through two of the same experiences. But here we have, uh, in, the, in the verses before, the holy man gets it all wrong. Okay, but this girl gets it all right. Okay, so it's, it's interesting. Okay, so if you think the Bible's sexist, right, there's one chapter that is gonna go against that. All right, the girl gets it right. Uh, so let's look at this. Okay, six month links to the previous story. All right, um, let's uh, open up the characters. Okay, so the first character we run into is the angel Gabriel who was sent from God. Okay, and um, Gabriel, if you don't know much about the angel Gabriel, he shows up about like three times in the Bible okay, and uh, one is in the story just before this, okay, he talks to Zechariah, one is right here where he talks to Mary, and the only other time we see him mentioned by name is way back in the book of Daniel, okay, and way back in the book of Daniel is like uh, maybe like 600 years before all this stuff happened, all right, so um, there's interesting things to bring out about that, but um, you know, for time's sake, uh, all I'll say is uh, the interesting thing about when Gabriel meets people as far as Daniel and Zechariah, people are scared to death when they see him, okay? So um, for me, when I read that, I was like, so what does this guy look like? Because uh, in, in Daniel, it says he appeared to Daniel as a man, okay? So it's not like he was like this holy, radiant thing, this being that just like shined, and then he's like, oh, I can't stand the presence of this character, okay? It was just a man, okay? So, um, you know, oftentimes we think of angels with robes and, and harps and and they're kind and gentle-looking things, okay? But maybe this guy was like a warrior, and carried her, he's like a barbarian, and, and you know, he's like fighting spiritual battles, and, and he's scary-looking, okay? There's something about him that's scary and frightening, okay, where uh, they, they are uh, paralyzed with fear, okay? Um, Mary, it, it also says she was scared, okay? And in this instance, I don't know if he cleaned himself up before he went to meet with her, uh, but he, she was more scared about what he had to say right, than how he looked. Okay, so there's something weird going on. Or maybe uh, these guys were just chickens, and she was quite brave. Okay, But that's Gabriel. Okay, that's Gabriel. We don't know that much about him, uh, but we know, um, I'll, I'll add this, um, he, when he's talking to Zechariah, he says, I stand in the presence of God, and he sends messages to people. Right? So he's, he's a messenger of God. Okay, So that's Gabriel, scary-looking guy maybe. All right, messenger of God um, and uh, interesting character. Okay, the second person we meet, all right? So uh, verse 27, uh, Gabriel was sent to Galilee, a town in Nazareth, right, to a virgin uh, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, okay? So when we look at uh, Nazareth, okay, Nazareth, uh, as I read it or as I Googled it, uh, is uh, in the biblical times, was a town of about 400 people, so it wasn't like a huge town. Everyone probably knew each other. Um, uh, the first thing we learn about her is that she's a virgin. Okay? Virgin, virgin, virgin. It, it just says virgin over and over and over again uh, in this chapter. And, and that's uh, the important thing that Luke wants us to know about her. So she's a virgin. And uh, that's an interesting way to know uh, or, or get introduced to someone because, uh, uh, you know, how would you like it if, you know, every time you met someone, you're like, hi, I'm a virgin. My name is Joe. You know, it's like, hi, hi, I'm a virgin. My name is Joe. And, and everyone that knows you for the rest of your life knows you as Virgin Joe. All right. It, it, it seems weird. Okay. Uh, but she was married. She was going to be married to Joseph. Okay. As we know. And he was of the house of David. And if you don't know what that means, basically, we'll just kind of pare it down to, um, Mary was a nice little Jewish girl, and Joseph must have been a nice Jewish boy, okay, and they were getting married, so their parents must have been very happy, okay, to uh, have this boy, so they, they seem like uh, a nice couple, uh, but still, all right, um, I don't know, I don't know how Joseph would feel about this, because, uh, you know, um, people still call her to this day Virgin Mary, all right, Um and uh, how would you feel if you were Joseph and someone called your wife virgin whatever, right? You'd be like, come on, guys. It's, it's over now. I'm married. We've had kids. Stop calling her that, right? So I don't know. Uh, I, if I was Joseph, I'd feel bad, all right? Like, come on, let's, let's move on. Just call her Mary now, okay? <laughs> call her Jesus' mom. Call her something else, okay? Uh, so these are the characters in our story, all right? Uh, the angel Gabriel, uh, virgin Mary, all right, so uh, let's get uh, on, verse 28, all right, and get into the thick of things. It says, and he came to her, all right, and this is uh, the angel Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, uh, the Lord is with you. Uh, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Okay. Um, So when I read these things, I don't know, I'm the type that looks at these lines and I'm always wondering, like, how did they say it? You know, like, was it like, like, greetings, oh, favored one, you know, the Lord is with you. Or, 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 you know, like, was it like more like debonair and it's like, greetings, oh, favored one. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know how this goes, okay? Because she was greatly troubled, and and I wonder about these things. Like, why was she greatly troubled? Because we always, like, idolize or put these people on pedestals, and they're so holy, but really, they're just people, okay? So maybe her back was turned, and she hears this guy saying, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. And she's thinking, ah, another guy with their lame pickup lines. (laughs) What is this? Okay, And, and maybe that's why she's troubled. And she's like thinking, oh, I got to deal with this guy. And, or maybe, maybe she turns around and sees this guy, and she's like, what a man. It's like, where was this guy two months ago? It's like, you know, Nazareth is so small. There are no good men here, but this guy shows up, and he's like, ah. It's like, but I'm going to get married, so I'm so troubled now. It's like, what can I do? Like, was that, the, was that what was troubling her? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but that's probably not. Okay, probably not. Um, this, this is why, what I think, okay? Um, the angel brings a very positive message, all right? You're favored by God. All right? You're favored by God and, and uh, you know, the Lord is with you. Uh, but uh, as we all know, and, and, and as, you, as I told you before, I work with kids and as I know so well, uh, what do kids always do before they want something? They get all nice, right? They're like, oh, Hi, Pastor Joe, you look nice today. And then, like, click, what do you want? Right? And all you parents know this, right? Oh, I washed the dishes today. And then you're like immediately, thinking, oh, what does this guy want? Right? Or what does this girl want? Um, but uh, this is probably what's going on, right? Uh, and this is really where we're at. Right? What does this guy want? Right? What does God want? Right? And this is troubling. Because there is uncertainty around the corner for Mary. There's uncertainty around the corner. As we know, Mary is betrothed to be married. She's figured out her next steps. She knows what's going to happen next in her life. She's, if we bring it into the modern day, she's probably picked her dress. She's probably chosen the cake. She probably, you know, is is called. She's got the DJ. She's got the florist. She's got all this stuff all lined up, and she's made all the phone calls, and everything's in order, and she's ready to move on to her next step, but here's this guy coming in about to change the path of her life in one way or another, good or bad. She doesn't know, but there's uncertainty. What's going to happen? And, and, and we've probably all experienced moments like this in our lives. Right? We've got the next steps of our life figured out, or things are just chugging along, right? and some circumstance, some life events, some decision comes along, right? and we're rattled by what this change might mean, right? good or bad. Right? Whether it's good or whether it's bad, right? change brings uncertainty, and uh, this uncertainty, um, who knows what it means? Right? Uh, for myself, uh, as I was describing, I was an engineer. I worked at a company. I got laid off because uh, you know, the whole economy was tanking and, and this company wasn't doing as well. And uh, So I got laid off. And uh, at the time, I was living at home. So I'm like, yes, free paid vacation. right? So um, I, I was at home doing what single guys do. They just play video games all night. Right? But the company got bought. So they brought us all back. So I was like, all right, sweet. So I got my job back. right? so what does this mean? And then a couple weeks later, they laid us all off again. Right? They just like looked at who was there and then, uh, but you know, so how does this work? What does this mean? Where's my life going? All right? um, for some people, uh, you know, job opportunities come up. You're working at a place, things are moving along. Uh, you know, some company calls you. Uh, they have different you know, packages that, that sounds good. Maybe it makes you have to move. Maybe it makes you have to leave your comfort zone. And and what do I do? What what is, you know, how do I process this? Where am I gonna go? What's next in life? All right, for some of you younger people, um, you know, a lot of you guys are working on getting into college and uh, doing all that stuff, and and maybe you uh, don't do so well on your SAT or ACT. What does that mean? You know, well, what is that gonna mean as far as where I'm gonna be able to go? What am I gonna to do? How am I gonna work out my financial aid? All right, or uh, for many of us in the room, Right, you're getting ready to church plant. Okay, and what does that mean for us? Okay, uh, you know, maybe you felt so comfortable in this church and you liked how it is and, and I don't want to leave this place and I like eating Korean food that Korean old grandmas make and, uh, and we're going to move out and it's just going to be donuts and pastries forever. Right? <laughs> so like, what's the deal? You know, and, and that uncertainty causes uneasiness What is God doing? What does He want? Okay. So as we look at this, as we look at Mary's story, maybe as we look at our story, right? The problem isn't the uncertainty itself. Okay, uncertainty is a part of life, and that's fine. Okay, but the real problem, or where we go wrong sometimes, is uh, what do we do with it? Right? How do we handle the uncertainty? Right? Again, uh, do your homework. Read the story before Zechariah, right? The holy man. uh, His way of handling his uncertainty was to doubt what God was doing. Right? He strongly doubted what God was doing. How can this happen? Right? My wife's like a million years old. She's not going to get pregnant. Okay? And some of us do that too. Right? We sense that God is drawing us in a certain direction, or we sense that things are changing in our life, and we doubt that God has anything to do with this, or this is what God wants, or this is the way that God is moving us. Right, some of us just fear. We're, we just get scared. We just get paralyzed. Right, some of us just say, we're just going to do it our own way. Right, in a lot of ways, well, we're so individualistic, we always want to do things our own way. And uh, you know, we just do it apart from God. Right, God wants us to do A, but we decide, hey, you know, I want to do it my own way. Uh, and uh, some of us are just apathetic or lazy. And I, I kind of think of, um, who's that character, Sadness in that movie Inside Out, and you know, how, like when they're trucking around all the memories, she's just laying on the ground. She's like, "Oh, we're gonna lose anyways. I don't want to go. I'm just gonna lay here, all right?" And some of us do that, okay? And and uh, you know, not to call anyone out, but I've, I kind of sense that from some people, uh, as far as the church plant goes. You know, there's some people that's like, "Oh," and there's not much movement, and, and they're, you know, some of us, some people are worried. It's like, are, are they gonna step up? Are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to go? All right, when the gun fires, Uh, and uh, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, so uh, let's keep going with the story. All right, so let's keep going with the story. Okay, Mary is greatly troubled. She's trying to discern what's going on. Uh, She's trying to figure out what's next. All right, and uh, and the angel said to her, verse thirty, and the angel said to her, uh, "Do not be afraid, Mary, uh, for you have found favor with God." And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Uh, he will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, uh, Gabriel says he just like he just says a lot. Okay, They're, if I was Mary, I'd just be like, what? It's like, this is like, what is he, some used car salesman? It's like, it's, everything sounds so good. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'll buy it. No, I, I don't know. It just, it sounds like a lot, okay? And Mary says, all right, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin, okay? How will this be since I'm a virgin? And, and I thought about that line quite a bit because it's, it's a very interesting line coming from all the stuff that the angel said, right? It wasn't like, uh, how does his kingdom go on forever? Like, you know, it's like, like, it wasn't, um, you know, like, like, Joseph isn't like a prince. He's not royalty. He's not connected. He doesn't know anyone. Like, how is my baby going to become a king? Right? And uh, it wasn't like all these other, like, what I would think would be normal questions. But, like, it's like, I'm a virgin. How how is this going to happen? Right? Like, like, I don't know. Like, I would I don't know, it's just weird to me, okay? So I'm guessing, this is my guess, okay? I'm gonna have to talk to her when I get to heaven. I'm gonna guess, like, she deducted that this baby isn't gonna be with Joseph, right? She deducted that, somehow, she figured that out. This this baby's probably not gonna be with Joseph, he's gonna be a king forever, okay? Um, But she doesn't ask the question, who's the father gonna be, right? But she does it nicely, and she kind of says, well, how's this gonna happen if I'm a virgin, right? So that the angel would kind of fill in the blanks and kind of tell her what's going to happen. That's like the nice way to ask, how do we get Joseph out of this picture? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, right? But uh, that, that's kind of what I'm guessing, right? How will this be since I'm a virgin? How do we get Joseph out of this picture? Because he's obviously not going to be this guy's dad. All right. And uh, questions are good. All right. Questions are good. Right? Uh When you are in uncertain uh, parts of life, all right, questions are okay. The Bible is full of. People asking God questions. Right? If you're uncertain, you're unsure, you don't know what God is doing, you don't even know who God is, ask God questions. Right? If God is really God, God will surely answer you. If God is nothing, then you know what's a couple seconds of asking God a question? Right? Um, so Mary asks this question, and she probably gets an answer that she didn't bargain for. All right, so let's, uh, let's see. Let's see, how does God answer Mary? All right, and the angel answered her, verse 35, uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Okay, let me keep reading and we'll come back to it. Uh, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. Okay. Um, so, um, two things. Okay. Two things. Um, how does God answer Mary's uncertainty? And two principles we can draw from that. Okay. Two things. First one, God's power. Okay. Uh, when the angel's describing to her what the Holy Spirit's going to do and how the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you, I have no idea how the mechanics of this works and how a baby comes about about this. Okay. From this, it's just weird. Okay. Basically, I read this and I'm just going to, I'm just going to look at it and say, God's going to do something. right, God's going to use his power to do something, and bam, baby's going to come. right, Uh, one day, all right, when Jesus is old enough, he's going to ask his dad, where do babies come from? right, and Joseph's probably going to go, I don't know, ask your mom. I don't know, ask your mom. This is too weird for me. I don't know. All right, so um, God's just going to do something. God's just going to use his power and do something. Okay, so God, God has power. Okay, so the first uh, way that God answers uncertainty is through God's power. And secondly, all right, through God's people. Okay, uh, through God's people. Right, we learned God is going to do something in Mary. All right, but at the same time, we've learned that God has already done something through Elizabeth, okay, which is the verses before. Right, God's going to do something through Mary. God's already done something to, through Elizabeth. Right? And uh, as, we, uh, as we came across in the very first verse we read, in the sixth month. Okay? And what is that alluding to? That's alluding to this. Elizabeth is sixth, six months pregnant. Okay? This old woman, this grandma that's not supposed to be able to have babies, who was barren her whole life, God has allowed her to conceive. Okay? So uh, what I see from this is God has given us his people in uncertain times to help us. People that have experienced different things, uh, gone through life, and and you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's people, you know, I've lost my job, and and I can share with you about what God has done, and how He brought me to Purdue and done campus ministry, and and talk to people that are all from all over the world and, and bring ministry and gospel power to all these different people and, and share. From what was for me an uncertain time, right, but God took that time and said, hey, go here. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Right? And uh, there I met my wife. And uh, you know, a bunch, amongst a bunch of undergrads, God sent me one graduate student who became my wife and brought me out here. All right? and, and now I'm getting to minister out here. Right? And through uncertain times, things like that can happen. And I can share my experience with you. All right? Kevin shared his experience with us. And maybe that spoke to some of you about what God can do or how God can work through your uncertain times. Maybe you doubted God or maybe you're doubting God. Maybe you're in depression. Maybe you're running. Maybe you're looking for something that isn't quite there, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that doesn't really exist. All of us are searching for something. All right, So God has given us his people. And uh, it's weird because a lot of times we go to Google before we go to other people now. Right? We're just like, I'm in this situation. It's like, I feel this thing and, and my arm hurts. It's like, we don't like go to doctors anymore. We don't go to people. We just like go on the line. It's like, what does this mean? Try this test, try this test. I don't know. Right? But go to people. Right? God has given us the church. Right? Again, we're, we're so, we try to do things, you know, it's like, Religion is my own thing, and, and, you know, my education is my own thing, my job is my own thing. It's like this is my own. Everything is about ourselves, but, you know, God has given us this church, this family, right, so that we can not do it and carry this whole thing by ourselves. So we can do it together. We can walk this road together, which is a beautiful thing. right, so that's, that's God's answer to her, right, his power and his people. Right, and if you do more homework, if you want extra credit, uh, read the verses afterwards. I know some of you guys are Asian, you like extra credit. Okay. So uh, read the verses afterwards and what does Mary do? She does that. She goes sees Elizabeth. She runs and she goes meets with her and she gets excited uh, about the things that God are doing. God is doing and Elizabeth gets to share with her. Okay. Um, uh, so let's start to wrap things up. Verse 38, right, the last verse. All right, and this was Mary's response. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Uh, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Right, which is an incredible statement right? from someone young, uh, from someone uh, that's going to be asked to do a lot. Okay. Again, if you really read the story, uh, you'll see she's basically running for her life for the next you know period of time because right? there are different kings that are trying to kill her and all this stuff is happening. Right? So it's not like, you're going to have this son. He's going to be king. It's going to be awesome. <sighs> right? No. It's like you're going to have this son, but it's it's not going to be easy for you. And uh, she doesn't even know, but she's going to see her son die and be tortured and murdered. Right? So the path that's set out for her, even though it sounds good, it's not an easy path. Right? There's a lot going on here. But she says, Behold, I am a servant to the Lord. Uh, let it be to me according to your word. Right? And uh, can we say this? Right, when we're faced with troubling and uncertain times. Right, for you revived church planners. Right, can you say this as you're getting ready to walk out these doors and say to the Lord, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Right, let it be to me according to your word. Right, and I'm going to walk this line. All right, let, me, let me add this. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of misconceptions about Christianity, and and you know part of this is is um, uh, in today's modern world. A lot of times, you know, people look at Christianity and they're like, oh, it's just a way to like control people, you know. And okay, okay here's another example of you know God controlling this little girl, and it's just like a mind thing, right? Um, but um, it's not just about um, rules and following these laws, and if you follow the Ten Commandments, you're a good person, and if you don't follow, you're a bad person, okay? And it's it's not just about piety, right? but when we get to the heart of Christianity, right, it's really about relationship. Right? God's bringing Mary into this relationship with him, okay? So when we talk about Christmas, right, what we're talking about is uh, Jesus coming into the world, living, dying, rising, and He's showing us His power and giving us relationship. Okay, so uh, when we see Mary, it's it's not just she's following rules, so she's a good religious person. Okay, but really, what she's doing is she's falling into a relationship with God right, that's deep, right? That's personal. Um, let me explain it in one weird story. Okay, and then we'll wrap up. Let me explain it to you this way. Okay. um, This is one of my favorite stories, and it's kind of childish, but I like childish. That's why I work with children. All right. But uh, once upon a time, there was a famous circus performer, okay, and his name was Blondin. And um, what this guy would do, was he he was a tightrope walker, and he would stretch tight ropes across buildings, and he'd walk up, and he'd go, and he'd walk across with the big pole, and he'd walk across, and, and all the crowds down below, they'd cheer, and they'd go, ah! This is amazing, right? And then he would go across again without the bar, and then he'd be like shh, shh, and then all the crowds would go, oh, this is amazing, right? This is good, okay? This is this is great. This is such a sight to behold. This guy walking uh, on these big towers with all this wind, and the and the rope is swaying back and forth, okay? And then he grabbed the wheelbarrow, and it was empty, and he walked across the whole line carefully, walking, and he gets to the other side, and the crowds cheer, okay? And they're so entertained, and then. Finally, he puts a bunch of bricks in there and then he goes across again and this thing's weighty and the vines bouncing up and down with the weight. And he finally, even though it's kind of harrowing and uh, you know, things are looking kind of grim at times, he makes it across. right? And again, the crowd applauses. And they're like, oh, this man is amazing. All right? So he looks at the crowd and he shouts at them and he says, how many of you guys think that I could go across this tightrope with a person inside my wheelbarrow. And the crowd says, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Yes, we believe you can do it. Right? And then he turns to the crowd and he asks, which one of you wants to get in my wheelbarrow? And the crowd is silent. OK, the baby wants to get in. <laughs> Right, kids with their faith. All right, the, the crowd is silent. Okay, and, and um, this is what it is. Okay, um, a lot of times, okay, let me break down the story and what I'm talking about, okay. A lot of times we think God is the one who just tells us, you got to obey, get in the wheelbarrow. Okay, and if you're going to be a good Christian, you get in and you obey and you go. Okay, but the reality of the Christmas story is Jesus comes into the world so that he can get in there with us. Okay, so when we are facing uncertain times, when we're asked to do things, okay, uh, every relationship comes with rules. Right? And so I'm not saying Christianity isn't without rules and laws. Right? It's just like marriage. Like there's, there's, don't cheat on your wife. That's a good rule. Right? Why? Because it protects the relationship. Okay, these are the rules of Christianity. It protects the relationship with us and God. Don't eat the apple, Adam. Why? Because that protects the relationship. That's what's going on. Okay, And, and when we screw this up, right, this is why God sends Jesus to save us. Okay, but uh, l- l- let me get back. Right? God asks us to do things. He asks us to church plan. He asks us to go out in faith. He asks us to go talk to coworkers. He asks us to raise our children uh, in, in a godly manner. He asks us uh, to trust him in so many different ways. Okay? But he doesn't, he's not just asking us to get in the wheelbarrow. Right? The Christmas story is about him sending Jesus so he could be there with us right? and walk with us the whole way. Right? So through our uncertain times, we have a firm assurance that God is always with us, regardless if we feel alone, uh, regardless if we have no clue what's happening, uh, where, where our world is going, God is there with us. And that's really the beauty of Christmas in the story. Okay, so why don't we pray together? Let's pray together and we'll finish up. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much uh, for uh, the ways that you work the ways that you have worked, the ways in which you will work, uh, the stories that you've given to people. Uh, Lord, I pray that those stories would find themselves into the testimony book that's going to be published so that others can be encouraged. Uh, I pray that we could share uh, over the table, over meals, over uh, the water cooler, wherever it might be of the grand and glorious things that you're doing and that you've done in our own lives. Um, God, we are so grateful that you are alive and well. God, we pray that uh, you would answer all of our questions uh, through your power, uh, through the people of God that you've put around us. God, and as we hear, as we listen, help us to be like Mary. Say, behold, uh, I'm your servant. I'll do as you say. Uh, not to be pious individuals, uh, but so that we could be people that walk deep in relationship with you, uh, being constantly guarded and protected from just the wickedness of this world and all the empty promises that it has for us. Uh, So keep speaking to our hearts and uh, keep walking with us, keep sitting in the wheelbarrow with us, and uh, we know that we're in secure hands Uh, the secure hands of God that never fall, that never fail, that never falter. And uh, although sometimes things are a little bit harrowing, uh, a little bit nerve-wracking, help us to know that Jesus is with us, uh, your people are with us, and uh, that we can truly, truly trust in you. Uh, So we ask uh, all this in the powerful name of Jesus.